The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Psych Up Live with your host, Dr. Suzanne Phillips. This is the show that brings you a psychological perspective on common and current life issues. Here is Dr. Suzanne Phillips. Hi, welcome to Psych Up Live. I'm Suzanne Phillips. Thanks for joining me again. Today we pay tribute to the legacy and power of the spoken word, drama, poetry, hip-hop, to illuminate and protest social injustice, oppression, and systemic racism, all underscored by talent and culture. We are privileged to have as our guest today, Alana Gartner. She's the founder of the Four Walls Theater, streaming the world premiere play, Bards. And she is joined by Gina Trope, the artistic director of Four Walls, the award-winning playwright of of Bards, Previn Wilkins, the director, Heather Harvey, and female actress, Janan Ashton. Let's start with you, Alana. You're an internationally produced and recognized playwright. You've founded other playwriting workshops and the International Center for Women Playwrights. What made you decide to found Four Walls Theater? Um, well, it, it was really... Uh, it was really... The beginning of COVID, um, I was uh, working with. Um, I'm I'm an, a graduate student, and I was at the end of a semester, and I sort of looked around. Um, I have a background both in social services as well as theater, and I saw a lot of my friends in the theater community who had lost their gigs and were very upset about that and not feeling like they could help the world as it was in a lot of pain. And I saw a lot of people in social services who uh, were very overwhelmed because there was so much pain. Um, So I decided to try to bring those two worlds together um, and try to do a socially socially responsible theater. So um, I founded I founded Four Walls um, Theater, and then Gina joined me a couple weeks later um, as I was sort of getting into the weeds of it, which was really useful. Um, and uh, we are now on our fourth show. Okay. Now, um, Gina, um, I want to welcome you. And you've you've had tremendous experience in improv, sketch writing, solo performances. So did you and Alana together choose the play Bars for this fourth show? Yes. We went through a really rigorous process together um, after a call for scripts. We read many, many beautiful scripts and interesting scripts, specifically looking for work that dealt with the social and political issues that the country and the world are suffering from right now. And we were very lucky to have bars in that pile and to have read the script and said, wow, this is a true reflection of everything that's happening right now in our country and issues that we want to speak about and bring light to. And so that is what brought us to choosing this script. So, and I just want our listeners to know this is a virtual theater, so this really riveting play, Bars, is going to be streamed this weekend on both October 17th and 18th, and then throughout the month at different times? Uh, it, it so will it be... is going to be... Go ahead, Gina. Go ahead, Alana. So okay. it's going to be live, be live on... on October 17th. In the evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central. And then it will be live again on Sunday, the 18th, at 2 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Central with a talk back to follow. And then that performance will stay on our YouTube channel until October 31st. 
So anytime after those two live performances until the 31st, audiences can come onto the YouTube page and watch the performance. Okay. Now, I want our audience to also know that part of the social responsibility theme comes out not only through the play, which we'll keep talking about, but through the charity that you partner with for your plays. Um, I wonder if you can speak about your Spotlight Charity for Bars. Gina? Sure. Sure. Okay, go ahead. Um, Our Spotlighted Charity for this production is The Keepers. You can find out more information about The Keepers on followthekeepers.org. It's an organization founded by Akua Nuaro, Naru, and she is deeply invested in tracking the contributions of spoken word and rap female artists over the ages into now. And I know Praveen will speak more about this later, but it ties very deeply to the themes of the play and honoring that work that they're doing both performatively and in an activism sense. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything okay. to add, Alana? Yep, no, that's fine. So let me ask you this, Alana. Um, you know, you read a script and you said you and Gina read number, uh, many scripts and you chose bars. And, and, and I'm so grateful I also had the chance to read it. When you actually now have seen it, produced and acted do you have a different experience of it or do you and do you think it sends what kind of message do you think it sends in terms of social responsibility and verbalizing in its own way what exists in the culture and what needs to change well I mean one of the things that we really wanted for this particular show in this particular slot you know, just two weeks before the United States election, was we wanted something that was going to be politically charged. Um, We wanted something that was going to challenge people to think about, you know, why the country is the place that it is now, what systemic changes need to happen, you know. And I think that we've had a lot of um, reasons to think about that recently. We have... I mean, the recent rulings on the Breonna Taylor case in Kentucky, you know, are, there's a lot of reflection of that situation in what, uh, in, in Praveen's piece bars, um, you know, the sort of, we need to be changing a lot of the court systems and, you know, the police systems. There's, there's a lot of racial injustice that has been happening and I think that, you know, that is something that we wanted to shine a light on. It's one of the many things that we've been trying to shine a light on the entire, during our entire uh, 2020 season. Um, it's something that we really believe in. And so, you know, it, it's something that we want people to be thinking about and considering as they're entering this election season. Um, and And it's was very deliberate. It was very, very deliberate as we were um, choosing what piece to to bring to our stage, to our virtual stage. And and it sounds like it really is going to come off that way also. Now, in choosing the performers, did you did you have a reason, and I notice, and we're going to hear that many of the, the performers have a real association, the the director does, um, of course the playwright does. Did you choose performers that were not only wonderful in terms of acting, but also had the social responsibility theme and goal in mind? Are you asking that of me or of Gina? Yes, I'm sorry, uh, you, Alana. Um, I mean, we held auditions. We were very clear in our descriptions about um, what this theater is and what this show was. Um, I think that what we have ended up with in our cast 
um, are actors who were also drawn to the mission as well as people who wanted to act. And I think, you know, I think they're very strong, um, very thoughtful, and very talented actors. So I think in, in some ways, if people are out there and they're looking for opportunities, I mean, you'll meet, you'll meet Tanana in a few minutes. You know, I mean, she's, she's an educator, so she's already, you know, thinking socially responsibly, you know, um, but, you know, many of our actors are very sort of thoughtful and socially responsible just by their very nature. And so I think that it comes as no surprise that they have ended up in our company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In terms of um, the keepers, your spotlight charity, has there been a charity with each one of your productions? Yes, yes. we uh, have yes. the Gina. cornerstone. Uh, the cornerstone of the Four Walls mission is the pairing is is the giving back is the charity work. So every show has a spotlighted charity that we coordinate that choice with the playwright or the director. And it's often very closely tied to also the messages within the play. So our previous spotlighted charities have been Meals on Wheels America, Raices, which is an immigration foundation out of Texas, and Black Lives Matter. Each one has been directly correlated to the work itself, and a portion of all of our donations raised from audience members is donated after the performances. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, and people can donate um, to see this show. People can make a donation, and part of that goes to your Spotlight Charity Keepers. Yes. One of the things that um, surprised me and actually was almost amazing when I read the play was to see how closely um, trauma could match up to real live events. And um, I'm going to be speaking, and you know, Previn, to the playwright. It was remarkable to me, almost in a way, that this was written a few years ago, and yet there are aspects of what happens in the play. Um, And let me share with our listeners, this is a play in which the prosecutor is black, and the immigrant who, when we start, who's imprisoned, is a young Hungarian, white young man, an immigrant. And so you, you start the situation and you pick up some of the same themes, the same pain, the same dilemmas as we have seen, as you said, Alana, recently playing out. And so the, the vision that the playwright had is pretty remarkable. Is that one of the things that helped you or caused you to choose this, Alana? We definitely um, discussed... I, oh, Alana, go ahead. Um, I, think, I think to some degree, yes. I mean, I would point out that Heather has made the very conscious choice. I mean, so the, the character of Alex, the DA... Um, he is meant to be a person of color, but he he does not have to be black. Um, it was very specified that he, he did not have to be black. Um, it, but he did have to be a person of color. And Heather made the choice as the director to make it a person who was black um, because she felt that that spoke to this current moment, and, and we supported that. Um, so... Um, I think that, you know, it, it's partly, you know, in choosing the piece, we felt that it was definitely speaking to this moment in um, politics and in history. Um, and I think that Heather's choice of how to approach the production um, is definitely amplifying that in ways that we definitely agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think, yeah, so I think that that's how... That's how that's happening. Gina, you were going to add to that? Yeah, I, I want to really hit on it, but I think that in choosing this script, um, it has more and more become relevant 
since the rehearsal process has started. So we definitely recognized how frequently and um, reoccurring this story is, but it has been really interesting to be working on it as it has become more and more a mirror to the Breonna Taylor case. But as Alana said, Praveen did note that the DA could be any race, and right now it is a, a good reflection of current history to have it being played by a black actor. Okay. All right. We're going to be taking a break. Let me just ask you, Alana, as the founder, your main goal in this play at Four Walls Theater is what? I want to encourage audiences to think deeply and consider where the country is right now and what they can do to help change things for the future. Okay. All right. Well, thank you both very much. You've been listening to Psych Up Live. We're speaking to the founder and the artistic director of the Four Walls Theater. We're going to be coming back to speak to award-winning playwright, Pren Wilkins. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune in to Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Fullick. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath, emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Join Chris Epting every week for the moment. Chris talks to some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, including authors, artists, and athletes. And that's just the A-list. These celebrities and public figures have interesting stories that all showcase the moments that their lives took a certain dramatic turn, changing them forever and shaping them to be the person that they were meant to be. Listen for The Moment with Chris Epting, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now, back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We're speaking about the Four Walls Theater. And in this segment, we're talking to playwright Praveen Wilkins and the director, Heather Harvey. Praveen and Heather, welcome to Psych Up Live. Thanks for having me. Hello. This is such a fascinating play, and I felt so privileged to get to read it, and I really can't wait for people to see it. So one of the the questions that I have, Praveen, is, is this a play that sort of unfolded over time? Um, does it center around a particular character and the rest of the characters grew around it? Could you share what was the creative passage with this? Yes, absolutely. So um, I would say 
that it really was a lot of different factors coming together. There were both political movements that I had participated in and really seen play out, such as the protest against the Dakota Access Pipeline. Um, there, of course, is a character who is a refugee in the story, and um, I thought that was very important to speak to in a time where uh, you know, our, our country is really turning our back on people who are in the most need. And um, at, at, at the same time as all of these things, I was very inspired by the black and brown activists who have been at the forefront of essentially all of these movements to protect the most vulnerable people in this country. And so for that reason, I thought it was especially important to center in the play a black woman who is fighting or really what's right. Right. Okay. And that's the character, Day, who's based upon Akunaru? Yes, correct. I would yes. say um, maybe based upon is is a bit strong. I would certainly say Akunaru was one of the inspirations. Okay. Now, I guess this is a question to you, and then I also wonder about... Um, your feelings about it, Heather, because you are the director in terms of who you chose. So when I read the play, I mm-hmm. saw that there was a note about who your prosecutor would be and whether he would be black mm-hmm. or non-black, privileged or not privileged. And you say that do not make, do not mistake the flexibility that you were giving the director as a trivial feature. This is the opposite of a race-blind play. Could you tell us what you mean with that? Absolutely. Um, I think that whenever I write my work, race is an extremely important feature of identity, and it's not one that can be um, it, it's not one that can just be shifted through the process of casting. Sometimes it's a little more definite, though, than other times. So in the case of Alex, I think uh, I wasn't really interested in telling a story where a white man represents the institution. I think that there are many white men who still represent the institution. I'm not saying that's an invalid story, but I think we're certainly seeing right now a moment in America where more and more of these institutions that at their heart are very oppressive are actually populated by people of color, black and brown people. And so with Alex, I was very curious to explore what does it look like when a non-white person is behind these levers of power and what, what is their emotional process dealing with the, these kinds of things? It's very, very interesting as you see the character struggle. Um, let me ask you, Heather, did you want the audience to have sympathy for Alex's dilemma? Um, does he, We're going to all find out when we see it. Does he present as someone who has just bought into the system without doubt? What is your feeling about that character and the way that you've directed him to play the part? I'm aligned. Um, so with regard to working with an actor, I think it's extremely important that that actor is able to um, represent a fully human story. And so in order to honor that, you can't necessarily see yourself as, you know, purely Machiavellian or taking advantage of people without having some sort of um, perspective on it. And so in order to ensure that our actors are able to um, give full life to these characters delve into the corners of humanity at play. Um, that said, I, as a you know, private citizen, I think that there's um, certainly an element of accountability where we all have to recognize the ways in which we order our steps and how we exercise our agency and the various levels of civic engagement that we can and how that contributes to making a more or less equitable and just society. Um, and so... Yeah, I mean, there's a there's human exploration there, um, but, you know, ultimately we know what he's, he's doing to the fabric of the society in which he's operating. One of the things that I wondered, and um, let me ask you this, Praveen, I wondered if the message was that, and we, let's talk about prosecutors, in this case, this Alex, um, once you're into the system, 
Is it so systemic in the sense that you barely realize that you have absorbed it to the point that you hardly can self-reflect and see that you are, in fact, a part of it? That was my question about this character. Well, well, I think I think we are constantly being shaped and reshaped by the environments that either we're placed in or the ones that we seek out. And so, um, I certainly do think that when you spend a lifetime in a certain kind of system, you will you will never think differently until you are outside of it, mm-hmm. uh, or or if you undergo some sort of experience that really really shakes up your world. Those are the only two ways I think that you will you will then get out of a mindset that you've been so fully inculcated into. Hmm. I think that's probably true. The other question I have is there's a beautiful blend of script and language and prose in terms of what the characters are saying and then poetry is used. And I guess I first wanted to ask you, Praveen, what do you what did you hope the poetry would serve? And then I wanted to ask you, Heather, how you felt about it using it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that the role of rhyme and music in protest movements is so central. I mean, at at any protest that you may have attended or witnessed in recent months or even years, there are chants, right? Oftentimes they're sung. Sometimes they are delivered more like a poem. Uh, There's a call and response, right? And I think call and response is at the heart of spoken word poetry and at the heart of protest because what it really at its heart is doing is lifting up reciprocative acts and performing them in a ritualistic kind of way, understanding that this kind of act really represents a deeper way of thinking about the world, a deeper way about thinking about the concept of mutual aid. And so Mm -hmm. I think for that reason, it was very important to include a poetic space in Mm. this way. Now, I wondered, recognizing, Heather, that you're one of the co-creators or uh, co-founders of the Black Revolutionary Theater Workshop, does this fit mm-hmm. in? Does the poetry, as Prabina has just described it, fit in with the, the um, work done by that theater in terms of spoken word and hip-hop, etc.? Um, not exactly, although... It, uh, it shares a common inspiration. I mean, the Black Revolutionary Theater Movement, for which the theater company um, takes its namesake, featured a lot of non-traditional, non-Aristotelian storytelling that used aspects of poetry, aspects of music, and even, you know, further back aspects of, say, ring shout, um, response, um, even aspects of, like, syncretic cultural overlap in terms of, you know, the evolution of what we now understand as aspects of Black culture. Um, So when I saw Praveen's use of um, prose and then switching to poetry and even having these moments where you can see a character processing something in poetry, Mm -hmm. um, it was one of the things that deeply attracted me to this play. Yes, yeah, it's beautifully integrated. So let me ask you, Praveen, about the character Day um, and who you wanted her to be. And as the play unfolds this weekend, is is Day different than what you had pictured in um, the direction of this character? Um, what, what did, what's your relationship with that character? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, first I would say Day is certainly not different than I would imagine her, because I think whenever I think of a character, there is so much room for how that person could be embodied. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just kind of part of part of what it means to be a playwright, is accepting that there's a lot of room there, and wanting there to be that room. Um, but as to who Day represents, I think Day represents the revolutionary black women who have pushed America forward since before America was America. 
from, um, you know, from, from the days of Harriet Tubman to the days of Asada Shakur. And I think that it's extremely important to center and uplift a character that it, it doesn't necessarily always get their due. I think we're so often seeing white men as the heroes of stories mm-hmm. in America. And, um, you know, frankly, I think we're, I think we're ready to explore something that's a little truer to the history of our country. Mm-hmm. And, and Heather, how do you see Day, the character? Mm. I, the thing I really like about Day as a character is that she is just this two-dimensional performer slash activist. Um, there are all of these aspects of her ability, and we see the cost, and we see how it informs her strength, and we see how it informs her vulnerability. She's truly um, a three-dimensional, fully human character who finds this strength within her um, to face systems that she knows are significantly larger than herself. And as a result, I find that to be so much truer, um, not only to the legacy of revolutionaries that have pushed our nation forward in um, necessary progressive ways that we've often you know, found that we've lashed out against. Um, but in honoring those who are still with us today, who very well may not ever get their roses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In this play, Praveen, I mean, you have you have strong feelings about the role of prosecutors, the power they have in our country, the, the power they have on what happens to people, on judges, on police. Is it your intent that this that day? really makes a difference in this prosecutor, his thinking, his actions? Well, I think, I think, um, I, I, I don't necessarily want to say whether or not, um, a certain character changes. I think these are things that, um, are, are best left in the way that the audience walks away from the okay. piece. Um, I, I would like to think that Day makes a lot of change happen, hopefully in a lot of hearts that exist within the world of the play and outside. Um, as to whether Day changes Alex, I don't know. It's true. It's it's kind of a cliffhanger in that sense. Um, but it's beautifully directed and beautifully written. Um, is there... So just as before we take our break, let me ask each of you, what do you hope the audience walks away with, Praveen? I hope that the audience walks away with a greater appreciation for all of the people who are fighting these revolutionary struggles who, you know, like, like Heather said, don't necessarily get their roses. Um, and I would like us to, to walk away thinking about how we can get those roses to those people before they're gone. Mm-hmm. And quickly, Heather, what do you hope they walk away with? Yeah, I hope our audience walks away feeling pulled to more deeply physically engage at the local level. I mean, we have a national election that's coming up, but as Praveen actually draws our attention, um, you know, the the primary system of power that we're investigating over the course of this piece is a district attorney. And this is some place where everyone can look at how they vote, um, mm-hmm. whether they're on support and at least more deeply engage in the information around them. Okay. I want to thank you both for being Wilkins. He's the playwright of Bars and the director, Heather Harold. Thank you for a beautiful piece. Um, and I, my, my audience, just stay right with us. We're coming right back with actress Janan Ashton, who plays the character Day. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. What are the labels that identify us? Who are we? And how do we figure out our place in the world? Do we own our narrative? If you were to create your biography today, what would it say about you? 
Listen for Dropping In with host Diane Dewey, the author of the award-winning memoir, Fixing the Fates. Diane and her guests will give their version of finding themselves. Find out about your authenticity by dropping in every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Turn every weekend into a fun storytime adventure with Jesse Jameson and Friends. Each week, Jesse brings on a new guest with a great real-life story to share. And he tests the limits of some of his friends' storytelling abilities with fun questions and outrageous comments. If you have a story worth telling, you can be a part of the show, too. Listen to Jesse Jameson and Friends every Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now, back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. In this segment of our show about the Four Walls Theater and the wonderful play that they are streaming this weekend, Bars, we now have the opportunity to speak to actress Janine Ashton, who plays Day. Janine, welcome to Psych Up Live. It's a pleasure to have you on. Hello, hello, and it's Janine. Janine, okay. Yes. Yeah. Janine. <laughs> Janine, okay, I'm going to try. Got it. Now, from what I hear, you have been performing since you're a tiny little person for 26 years, yeah. since you were four years old. You've been on yeah. TV. <laughs> you've been on. You've been on in um, drama, and you say mm-hmm. that you love performing. But the best role of all is the role as mommy to two little six-year-old twins. Yeah, which that does that sounds like the best role. <laughs> that really does. It is. Um, it so is. I'm so grateful that you're able to come on uh, today, given mm. you have these two little ones. Um, well, let me ask you, what's your feeling about your experience with the play bars that people are going to be mm-hmm. watching this weekend, and particularly your role as Day? Um, my experience. This has been amazing. Um, it's definitely been eye-opening, life-changing even. Um, I've always wanted to play a character like this, especially as a black woman, and it's so timely. It is everything that I know that I've experienced, that my mother has experienced, that my friends have experienced in this day and age. It's just a coming of age, like a rite of passage for me, you know, stepping into the next phase of my life, but also just being a voice for not just our people, but black women and the struggle that we have to be heard, to be valued and to be protected. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's just day's experience right there. So many of us resonate with that. I know that I resonate with it, but day just, you know, exemplifies that. And she just poetically preaches this so eloquently. And it's like what all of us feel, but are too afraid to say day says it. And it's just an amazing experience. Mm. You know, in the character, at some point, she's very motherly to the young um, immigrant. And it struck me Mm -hmm. when I read your bio that, well, you have that going. You are a mom. And so (laughs) I wondered, I wondered if that that had also been apparent to you that she's she's tough, but she's very, very loving to the immigrant man. Um, Is she very 
tough, but she is still a nurturer. She's a healer. So it's in a healer's nature to provide that nurture to someone. And even if it's out of tough love, even if it's also out of like, one thing I could say about Day, she relates to Roby. She sees herself in Roby, so it's literally Day talking to her younger self. She's speaking to her younger self. You know, mm. it's, as a mom, per se, you know, I, I have six-year-old twins, but aside from that, I'm also a teacher. Aside from that, mm. I'm an advocate for young people, young black and brown people that are experiencing homelessness in Philadelphia. So oh. I have children literally all over the place even if they're a couple years younger than me. So it's literally healing myself or healing oneself to heal other people. I think that is the biggest takeaway that I would get from Roby and Day's connection. It's not just maternal. It is the matriarch. It is the healer. It is Mm. the foundation for people to survive and thrive. Beautiful. Now, let me ask you, how did you feel about the integration of the poetry with the prose, with the, with the actual lines of the characters? I absolutely loved it. Um, I, it's a total side note, I'm a poet as well. I've been writing poetry since I was a child. I just didn't perform it because poetry is very personal for me. Now mm. I'm at a phase in my acting career where I can put myself aside and be somebody else 150% and shed their truth and shed their light and their vulnerabilities. But poetry is very personal. And that's one thing that I was always afraid to do. And then I started stepping into the limelight with that and just shedding my truth. Um, Day's very personal to me and the poetry and the prose, the mix of prose is very personal to me because it's literally just being vulnerable and Day literally crucifies herself every time for the satisfaction of other people, for the betterment of her audience, for her people, for the movers and the shakers. And it's really moving. It's a beautiful way to impact an audience, to impact a world that a world that we live in in this day and age. Mm. I, I love the poem where she she more or less validates that, you know, even if she gets one little stone off the wall, she's not mm-hmm. going to give up. And it reminded me of uh, Angela Davis saying, you don't think the change may happen. You don't work to see the change, but if you don't work, you'll right. never see the change. So it's just so right. powerful. Day, resonating with what you're saying about your love of poetry, Am I right that Day almost gives poetry to Robbie as a gift? Yeah, she does. So what, she what is she really giving gift. with that? Um, she gives him this poetry because it saved her life. That's all she had. You know, right. when she was deported, that's literally all she had to hold on to. That's literally what got her through. And you can create a poem in your head. You don't have to have a pen and a paper. Poetry lives in your soul. So finding that solace inside of you that will keep you pushing, that will give you the light at the end of the tunnel, that will allow you to express yourself, whether it's good, bad, indifferent, ugly, you know, sorrowful, joyful, whatever that may be, just giving someone that gift of expression, not bottling up what you feel inside, is literally a lifesaver. And in my opinion, she saved him because he was already, you know, you'll see, the audience will see, he he was at his wit's end. So it's just like just saving somebody with giving them that space to be, giving Mm -hmm. them that space to feel and justifying whatever they're feeling as well and not making it about you, if that makes Mm. sense. Yeah, it's beautiful what you're saying. So let me ask you, if you were to compare the role here with other roles you've played since you're a little one yourself, how was <laughs> this different? Whew, um, I've played a lot of roles. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. One I thing that I will in, um, say, go ahead. I, I will say, so I look really young. <laughs> I'll put that out there. Um, so it's definitely an age difference. I've played a lot of teenagers and a lot of, young 20-year-old women um, that were more so angry versus vigilant, were more so hurt but not on the spectrum of healing. Um, 
or that we're in the beginning phases of like the grieving process. Um, I feel like Jay is the first character that finds peace. That is that happy medium is the ebb and flow of life that I literally shows you every emotion that we have, not just as black women, but women period, but showing that vulnerability and shedding that skin, literally each scene where you just have to be bare and you have to bear your all to everyone and be present. I think that's the biggest difference. Being <clears throat> present in this role has definitely so she, been different. She's like an integrated person who can bring her full self to the party, mm-hmm. to the to the protest, yeah. to to yeah. the to the play, and to the uh, the the role that you played. Oh, it's it's really mm-hmm. terrific. So uh, it sounds like this was a very important experience for you, yeah. playing the role of Day. Um, what would you, what do you want? Now, you, you've been through so much theater, TV, etc. What would you hope that the people who see this show streaming live um, this weekend and after that, what do you hope they get from this, Janan? I hope that they get peace, understanding, um, be moved to begin a revolution, whether it's with their community or with themselves, revolution to change. Um, also, valuing black women and protecting black women, not when we have to keep begging for it, but we mean what we say, we say what we mean. You know, it's an I said what I said type of year. Protect black women without any foul play being done to us or, you know, with the world crashing against us, we are the foundation of society, of the world, to protect black women at all costs. That's what I want people to understand and take and receive. You know what I like what you're saying is people often think of black women as powerful, even as at times they are too easily erased. But you're saying the fact that we have carried torches and we have carried families, etc., doesn't mean Mm -hmm. we don't have the right to be protected. Right. Right. And it doesn't mean that, like, and, and one thing that I, the audience will see with Day, she is strong. She is immaculately strong. However, strength does not have to be having a game face on all the time. It right. doesn't have to be hardcore, revolutionary, um, yelling, screaming. No, it can literally be silent. It can literally be finding peace. It can literally be expressing one's anger, one's, one's sorrow, one's betrayal, defeat. That is strength. So being open to receive that, you know, Superwoman has to take off her cape sometimes. <laughs> and I realized that with Day that made me think of some things with me. Like I started relating to Day even more during this process. And it just resonates that, you know, black women get tired. We are the foundation of a world. So now it's time to start treating us as such. Very, very And uplifting nice. us as such. It is. It's a pleasure. We're going to move back to Alana now. But I want to wish you the best. And thank you for coming on. Your thank message you. is simply wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Alana? Yes. Okay, what a group. This I, I can't wait for everyone to see the show this weekend. <clears throat> As you've heard, your <laughs> comrades and your, your playwright and your actress speak. What did it mean for you today? And what do you want people to think about in terms of the message of bars? Well, I think, uh, I mean, I think that everybody spoke extremely eloquently. I, you know, I think... You know, altogether, many of us are sort of saying a lot of the same things. You know, we want people to be thoughtful. We want people to be thoughtful about, you know, our fellow humans. We want people to take action. Um, and, And we don't want people to be complicit in systemic racism anymore. You know, mm-hmm. we want we want people to be active and thoughtful about who they are in this society. Um, I think the message is so powerful. I personally think theater, 
the spoken word, uh, the poetry, the hip-hop, touches people in a way that because they're less defensive about it, maybe that you will reach more people or even additional people in this very, very special way through the theater. Now, for all listeners, Alana, let them know exactly how they can live stream bars and how the theater operates in terms of tickets and what people can see. Sure. So um, you can go, first you can go to our Facebook page, or, or rather you can go to our, our website, which is uh, www dot four walls theater that's t e r uh, dot com. Um, you can uh, there's a on there there is a button so that you can get to our Eventbrite or you can go directly to Eventbrite um, and look for Four Walls Theater and you will find um, our event and you can donate as much as you wish. Um, we have a suggested donation of fifteen dollars, but we are sensitive to the fact that this is a time of COVID. And we hope that you will be able to at least donate like a dollar. As we mentioned, you know, a portion of all of our donations goes to the keepers. Um, and we are also paying all of our artists. Um, so we hope that you will be able to uh, support us that way. When you, after you're finished with your donation, um, you, can, you will receive an email. Um, if you donate prior to the beginning of Sunday's performance, then you will receive, um, you will be able to attend an exclusive Zoom meeting afterwards, a talk back uh, with, with all of our artists and um, get to ask some questions. So the performances, the live performances are Saturday, October 17th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, and Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Um, and we anticipate that the talkback will probably be uh, maybe about 3.30 or so Eastern on Sunday. Um, you can also find us on um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Okay. Uh, Alana, I want to thank you for founding Four Walls Theatre and for your continual effort to send a powerful message about persisting in the fight for social justice. Alana, thank you so much. Thanks to your playwright, your directors, your cast. It was a privilege to speak to all of you today. Thanks so much, Suzanne. Oh, you're very welcome. I want to thank my listeners. Remember, you can hear this and any prior show as a podcast on my host site, my website, and on almost every platform that handles a podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon, Alexa, etc. Remember to drop me a comment or a question at radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Until next week, please... Be safe, wear masks, thanks, and be listening. Thank you for tuning in to Psych Up Live. Please join Dr. Suzanne Phillips for another edition of our programming next Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, be well and be listening.